beyond infinity. So I've got Simon Mulvaney of Save the Bees Australia in the studio with me. Simon's been kind enough to come in. He's a regular contributor of the show. But uh, the thing that we wanted to talk about today is the fogging that is being planned to happen on the peninsula starting in October and going through to 2020. It's a campaign being done by the uh, the health department of Victoria. So it's got sort of Victorian government involvement. There's also scientific groups involved and also the Mornington Peninsula Shire. Now, this is to deal with a nasty bug that's out there. It seems to be gaining in prevalence on the Mornington Peninsula. It, it was known as the Bansdale ulcer. It's also been uh, over on the Bellarine Peninsula. It's also called the Baruli ulcer. That's after an African town where it used to uh, exist many years ago and it's, it's no longer the case. It was known in the Belgian Congo apparently in colonial times been around for a long time but what is of concern is that it seems to be in very localized but on the Mornington Peninsula I've actually got a mate who's a tradie in uh, in Blegari and he he had an ulcer on his leg which was pretty nasty it was kind of this hole and you know this kind of cavity underneath it he had various visits from uh, medical specialists from the CSIRO they were taking soil samples from his garden they were asking him about his lifestyle he's a builder so you know he gets his hands dirty there is the suggestion that even this comes from the soil so somehow this lies dormant in the soil the soil gets disturbed through construction work that sort of thing and that that may be a way that it gets through to the human population another suggestion from analysis of possum droppings on the peninsula this is done in the last couple of years 20 percent of possum droppings from various sites which were sampled were found to have this uh, Baruli bacteria in them now that's very high possums are everywhere they're a very very common uh, nocturnal animal throughout australia but particularly uh, on the east coast heaps of them melbourne people will know they're eating their flowers they're, uh, they're they love tea tree so there's plenty of them on the, on the southern peninsula as well now they could be being a vector for this disease it's not really known but what they are thinking is that the the possums get it they get affected themselves the mosquitoes are attracted to them because of, there's a smell of rotting and um, blood and so on on the on these uh, these sores that the, the possums develop then they get bitten and then the, those same mosquitoes pass on the, the bacteria to the human population so that's one that's possibility yeah. from, from a couple of people mm. and um and so uh, on a hunch admittedly we don't know all the information yet this is really unfortunate particularly being a beekeeper because this program's due to come up this spring in october mm. and that doesn't give us too much time to plan to move the hives out of there mm. on top of that there's been no conclusive scientific evidence that the fogging's going to actually help in this case there are going to be casualties and and the casualties are going to be insects beneficial insects too including indigenous insects so this is yeah really come as a shock mm. in response um i i have put up a petition to halt um halt the the fogging and so you can find that petition at save the bees australia i've pinned it to the top of the page um and um yeah basically we're like um one i don't really think that fogging will be of any benefit even if it is mosquitoes seeing though um, mosquitoes are quite often in ponds in people's backyards in the gutters of people's houses in their water tanks for me it seems like 
a kind of experiment that they're doing on our town. And they have been doing this program for the last 10 years in Barwon Heads. Mm. And in Barwon Heads, the community have been doing their own study on how that program has gone. And a lot of young people there have contracted various cancers and they blame this fogging on the cancers they're getting. Mm. So I understand it and feel for the sufferers. It's it's a flesh-eating wound. Mm. It, it it's a nasty, it's, it's, nasty. It's apparently it's, it's got links to leprosy. There's a two-year research project currently underway and it's a collaborative partnership between the DHHS, the Doherty Institute, Barwon Health, Austin Health, CSIRO, Agriculture Victoria, the University of Melbourne and the Mornington Peninsula Shire to better understand how Baruli ulcer is transmitted and determine effective ways to prevent infections and reduce infections. Now, the Beating Baruli in Victoria project is aimed to actively disrupt disease transmission for the first time and lead to the development of evidence-based policies and guidelines that help stop the spread of Baruli ulcer around Victoria and even globally. It's being taken pretty seriously. Like anything, there are human medical concern that's driving a lot of this. And then there's also the side effects of some of the treatments that are being proposed or, or the solutions and ways of dealing with mosquito populations. And this is exactly the sort of thing that, that Simon's talking about right now, the effect of if you do this fogging widespread uh, on an extended uh, period of time through, through this area, then you are going to affect bee populations and other insects. So that's, that's a concern. Well, you're going to affect the whole food chain, obviously, the insects are killing are also the insects doing the pollinating of the plants in the area. So um, the fact that we're starting at the base of the food chain to tackle this, when some people might be saying, hang, hang on a second, aren't possums the issue? Why has it become about killing the mosquitoes? And then someone might even go further and say, well, it's actually just a hunch that the mosquitoes are the issue. And the reason why there's doubt over whether mosquitoes are the vector is because a lot of babies get stung by mosquitoes and none of them have shown to have any ulcers yet. Mm. They haven't provided much science to back up doing the fogging. Like for me, it's obviously um, I'm running Save the Bees. It's it's heartbreaking to think they're even going to continue doing this and hopefully um, wisdom prevails and that they don't go through with it this year. There's a lot of information that's sort of, you know, finding its way into the public domain just on the subject of safety and, you know, this has been something that Simon's been commenting on. Yeah, well, I've read their safety information and the safety data sheet Mm. and they say long-term exposure will have negative effects. The language these chemical companies use, like I've I've been on top of it with the Bayer and Monsanto and with the Roundup and we've been told, well, it's the safest herbicide in the world. So does that mean it's safe? Well, no, it's the safest in the world. So they use this tricky language and now we're finding out these things aren't that safe. Mm. This insecticide compared to glyphosate is a lot more toxic Mm. particularly insects will die immediately in fact for 12 days the insecticide will be killing insects on plants including spiders and other insects that actually kill mosquitoes i remember i think it was an einstein quote that the only thing infinite is the universe and human stupidity but i don't know about the universe Mm -hmm. but for me this seems really stupid and we don't know what the effects are going to be long term, Mm. and we don't know if it's even going to help. 
Well, look, as far as the official documentation is concerned, that is a, we are waiting on a press release from the Mornington Peninsula Shire about this because the Shire is responding to locals' concern along the lines of what Simon's been saying, whether it's farmers, whether it's beekeepers, whether it's people who are just generally concerned about exposure to chemicals like this, you know, fogging, what about direct inhalation by children? How safe or unsafe is that? Just in this Beating Baruli in Victoria document that's out there, we will post links on our website, beyondinfinity.com.au. They address that question, is the approach safe? And the answer that they claim is correct, or the answer they give is yes, it is safe. Synthetic pyrethroid pesticides have a long history of safe and effective use in mosquito control activities for public health, both in Victoria and overseas. All pesticide administration will occur as per standard Department of Health and Human Services protocols. Larvicide will also be used to remove mosquito larvae from some water sources. The larvicide is completely safe for humans and animals. That's their response. I don't know for an amphibians. For well, exactly. They, they, don't mention, they don't mention uh, anything apart from humans and animals. What about insects? What about and, bees? And they're not including... It, 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 for me, when I read some of these government reports, it, it's very easy to put the safety data sheet as a link under the, their posts, and I can't work out why they don't do that. It's as if they don't want people going out and doing their own research. Anyone who's concerned about this, click on the links, read the safety data sheet, work out whether it is something that you're comfortable with your kids coming in contact with. Yep. There is going to be information provided to residents who are going to, who are living in this area that's going to be fogged, right? So Mornington Peninsula residents, they'll receive information about how to protect themselves from mosquito bites and the diseases bites may transmit, like Baruli ulcer. Residents of areas where the mosquito control program is implemented will also receive information about pesticide delivery and mosquito traps. So there is going to be plenty of communication. Uh, I think it's early days. But just a little bit on what the Baruli ulcer is, again, from the same document from uh, Health Victoria. Baruli ulcer, also known as the Bairnsdale ulcer, it's an infection of the skin and soft tissue caused by the bacterium Mycobacterium ulcerans. The toxin made by the bacteria attacks fat cells under the skin, which leads to localized swelling or the formation of a nodule, lump, and then an ulcer. At first, it can be mistaken for an insect or spider bite. It's been reported around the world in 33 different countries, including rural West Africa, Central Africa, New Guinea, Latin America, and tropical regions of Asia. In Australia, it most commonly occurs in localised coastal areas of Victoria, first recognised in the Bairnsdale area of East Gippsland in the 1930s. Now, that may have been the result of a big flood there. They had a big flood which even um, washed coffins out of the ground and out to sea, apparently. That was a, a big event and a big disturbance of the soil. And this is kind of highlighting some of the uncertainties about this disease, that it can be associated with major disruption. There's, there's been outbreaks where there's active volcanism around the world. Again, the uncertainty about what is causing it. Is it in the soil? Is it mosquito-borne? Is it via possums? More information needs to be shed on this. But also, the spread of the disease and the prevalence of the disease does need to be factored into considerations. I saw two um, scientists debating in this on social media the other night and mm -hmm. one scientist was saying, remember the white tip spider and everyone yeah. was saying that that was causing the ulcers mm. and then it's found out that the spider had nothing to do with that but mm. still a lot of people are petrified of that It's like spider. an urban legend, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so I think in its initial stage it would probably present a bit like a mosquito bite too. 
So I can see how people are jumping to conclusions mm. and I can see how people want to have something done about this. I just think it's a bit too extreme to be fogging the whole tip of the peninsula. We could go on about this, but I mean, clearly what Simon is saying is that he's concerned about the side effects of fogging on, particularly on bees. This is an area that he's involved with, but also insects generally, especially given that the uncertainty about whether that's even going to be effective against the Baruli bacteria. If you want more information about beating Baruli and the mosquito control study, you can contact Dr. Jane Oliver at um, the Victorian Government Health Department. If you've got ethical concerns about the project and you'd like to speak to an officer not involved in the study, you can contact the uh, Secretary of the DHHS Human Research Ethics Committee, Geoffrey Chapman. This information is, is all provided on this information that's been released by Vic Health, and it's titled Beating Baruli in Victoria, Information About the Mosquito Control Study. So really as a starting point for listeners, you can contact the Mornington Peninsula Shire. They will be able to give you additional information. They actually provided me with a copy of this report. We will post links to this report on our website, beyondinfinity.com.au, and we'll keep a, a close eye on this. As I said, there is a press release going to be released by the Mornington Peninsula Shire, so hopefully we'll, um, we'll have that and that will shed further light on uh, what exactly is going to happen the areas it's going to happen in timing and so on but at this stage it's believed to be happening from october yeah and from portsea to st andrews is the areas right um, that's what they've told me and and is it so it's every single street they're going to drive a truck with with a with a, a fogger on the back of it or a, a releasing fumes via a, a pump is that through every single street or main arterial roads any idea exactly where and how We'll wait for the press release to find out exactly, mm -hmm. but um, I was told it was going to be quite thorough, and I just imagine the cost would be quite high too. Mm. All right, no worries. Well, look, thanks very much for coming into the studio. Simon Mulvaney from Save the Bees Australia, concerned about the use of, of pesticides to control or possibly control the vector that this flesh-eating Baruli bacteria is using to get into the human population. Simon's attitude, I think, from the sound of things is that it's a little bit early to be using such extreme measures when little is understood about how this bacteria moves around and how it gets into the human population. Absolutely. Yeah, I think they should halt on this. And I think we're giving insects such a hard time. They're, I think 80% of the world's insects, which are the base of the food chain, are already been wiped out. So mm. let's not do it in our their safe areas where we live. And weren't you saying that for bees and honey producers, that that time of year is a, is a difficult yeah, time? because October, it's, it's the spring tea tree's when... out. So mm. the famous tea tree that we've got, the Lepidosburnum, that will be in flower in October if this insecticide works for 12 days and millions of bees are going to die while we're on this simon you've got a change.org petition uh, yep. underway at the moment what's the best way to um, participate as, in that as, so you would go to save the bees australia facebook page yep and i've pinned it to the top of the post okay you can sign the petition there all right thanks for talking with us simon mulvaney of save the bees australia you're listening to beyond infinity beyond infinity Thanks for listening. Remember to visit our program website, beyondinfinity.com.au, where you'll find our complete back catalogue of over 600 podcasts. That's beyondinfinity.com.au.